This is Issues the Podcast, a project of ISH. Each episode will welcome artists, community members, thought leaders, and creative minds to reflect, share, and celebrate Jewish and Jew-ish identity. We all need something to look forward to, some grounding as we struggle to find out what the new normal is going to look like. Ish is bringing you new voices, new artists, and new ideas to help you find that grounding. Whether Jewish, Jew-ish, or just here for the chutzpah, we're so glad you've decided to join us. In this very first episode of Issues, Kim Neustadt interviews Rory Michelle Sullivan. Kim is a board member at Ish. I'm Kim Neustadt. And Rory. I'm Rory Michelle Sullivan. Is a songwriter, musician, and Jewish educator. Kim and Rory talk about Rory's artistic process, the importance of racial representation, and Rory's new Jewish musical, Rising in Love. Extra, extra, read all about it. There's a celebration coming and there's no need to doubt it. Got some Jewish artists showing you what they got. They'll give you the talk of the town and what hits the spot. Cincinnati is where it's at. We'll print the issues and we got the facts. Welcome back, put on the track, cause we going to chat. Okay, Rory, you ready to get started? Ready. What I've read is very impressive and kind of spans the gamut of, you know, singer, songwriter, creator of a musical, Jewish educator and facilitator. And I want to learn a little bit more about you. So maybe we could start by you just sharing a little bit about your background, how you got into this and what inspires you. Sure. As you said, I'm a singer-songwriter. I, I love that you use the word facilitator because what I really do is I create experiences and moments and facilitate people coming together to feel connected to themselves, to feel connected to something greater than themselves, to feel connected, whether that's the community or more of a spiritual source. Um, and I love people singing together. Talk to us a little bit about a project we're excited about, which is your first time musical, Rising in Love which I understand is in process, that you've been working on it through the pandemic. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? It started out as, I mean, the earliest moment of, of really working on it, though I didn't know I was at the time, was a high school music theory class, and we had to write a song for a harmony exercise. And so one of the songs, what happens when you wish for the stars, that was the exercise that I wrote and then later in college flushed that out and in college some more of the music and then just collected enough songs as a songwriter that kind of felt like Broadway musical theater style. The next step was creating a story out of what, well, what is this music telling? And I've learned as a songwriter that my songs know a lot more about me than I do. <laughs> um, and so I'm learning through the story. But you ask, you know, what is this story about? It is about an engaged couple or a couple sort of working through what that means, uh, the conflicts that come up or the fears and anxieties. But I don't think of it as, very consciously don't think of it as a love story. It's really a coming of age, growing up story. You know, it's about learning to work through conflict. It's about learning to deal with our fears of being in relationship with other people, you know, and, and finding the fun in all of that. So I'm curious because you know, to go from a few songs to a full-blown musical requires a lot of confidence and taking on risk and, and things that you haven't done. And I'm just curious, like, how did you get motivated to do that? What, what, what might you have overcome um, in order to be able to put yourself out there like that? I have one book for that, and that's The Artist's Way by Julia Cameron. And those who know the book will probably start nodding because it's all about um, just following sort of the next right step. And I, I had an early songwriting class that sort of came out of doing some of the 
journaling exercises in the artist's way that um, led me to buy a guitar, like a cheap guitar at the local store when I was living in Cambridge and start taking lessons. And then I took a, a music theory for singer songwriter class at just like the local community, you know, adult education center. And the assignment was every week to write a new song. And I hadn't really self-conscious like I had had songs that kind of came out out of inspiration here and there but I hadn't sat down to write a song every week and so what I'll say is that like building that muscle of taking that risk that's been I I wrote a very silly very very silly song to start you know but by the third one like it was a little bit more meaty and then I have um, a very dear friend Olivia Brownlee who we used to do um, and also our friend Nico Padden we used to do a singer-songwriter accountability partner swap where we would write a song every week same kind of thing and the whole thing is that you know it's better that you just get it out mm-hmm. working with songs and learning okay well I can take a risk with a song and it's it's better to write a bad song that was our thing like we would celebrate if we wrote a bad song because mm-hmm. it meant that we wrote a song and and didn't fall to the perfectionism or fear of oh, well I don't know it's not going to be a you know it's just better to to start somewhere and so that's I think what I've learned and been the amazing thing about not having written a musical before is well I've also done other things before that I haven't done before and the only way to learn is to do and so now I've you know been learning a lot more about the craft of musicals and how it's very different from singer-songwriter songs Mm -hmm. yeah it's just flexing those risk muscles and sort of taking the next big jump and uh, I have been called fearless but it's it's never fearless, right? It's feel the fear and do it anyway. It's inspiring and it actually resonates a lot with me. I've been reading a lot about Brene Brown and you know daring to lead, being vulnerable. And as an artist, and I'm curious what you think about this too, I think we have to practice being vulnerable because in our work, it's not just for us, right? So the practice of just putting it out there is connecting with someone and by its nature is risk and, you know, creates a sense of vulnerability, which we learn at an early age, whether it's a critique in, you know, visual arts studio or just singing in front of people or getting up there and dancing, you know, you're not in isolation. Yeah. Thank you for that. I'm glad you resonate with that. It's, it's being of service, right? That's like a big thing from the artist's way is like, I have these gifts and then my gift back is to use them, you know, and to be a good steward of, of what we've been given. I think what I'm working through as we're developing the show is to really just sort of do a combination of getting deeper into taking a risk. And the Alliance for Jewish Theater had a conference recently and Joshua Harmon, who's a a well-known playwright, came on. He talked about like the work that moves him is the work where it's clear that the artist took a risk, you know, like put themselves out there in making the work. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I think what I'm doing now is that combination of both going deeper into myself, but also to take myself as the author out and let the characters really drive the work. So it's this interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things I noticed was, you know, the main character, you know, talks about in order to love somebody else, you really have to love yourself. And I'm kind of curious if we could talk a little bit about how central is that to the work or even to your work as an artist and how you were developing this? That's a great question. I mean, for me, the creative process is a spiritual path. It's been a lot of personal growth, again, because, you know, a lot of the times I write songs, I didn't know I felt that way or that was going on with me. And so that sort of sense of becoming more whole as a person and creating experiences for others, if it's in Jewish community, that is focused on how can we be more whole and connected to ourselves and others. I I would venture to guess that that is a theme that 
permeates my work. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the characters um, in the musical. The focus is on the couple and, of course, all their family and friends who I understand are interracial. And I wanted to talk a little bit about that and sort of thinking about what, what was it about this musical that you felt it was really important to kind of center the story on a couple who's interracial going through the process of like really understanding each other in the time, you know, capsule of preparing for a wedding. Just simply I had, you know, the, the character Rosie and then in sort of thinking, well, who is, who is her Besherid? Who's her other? I just sort of, that's the image that just kept coming to me was black Jewish Scott. What it has done though is taken me on a journey of my own work around race to like better be able to understand what that, might mean for Scott and and friends and colleagues who have that interplay of identities. And so it's it's taken me on a journey because I've had to, you know, and I can see now how the version that we presented at the stage reading to, you know, a small group of friends, like there's some moments where I cringe now because now I can see it differently that I, you know, and so now we're really working hard to make sure that, you know, we're we're excited to hopefully engage a black Jewish dramaturg and a black director and, and really go with the nothing about us without us because I have blind spots as a white person writing about black and black Jewish people and and it's interesting because at the Alliance for Jewish Theater there was a lot of discussion about well can non-Jewish writers write about Jewish characters can non-Jewish actors play Jewish characters and so I, I know it's not the same thing but it's just like an interesting question at the end of the day characters have to be full and rich and real you know and that's been a thought you know there's a great Jewish uh, kids book about uh, a little boy who wants to dress up as a monster for Purim. Some people will know this PJ Library book. And his dad, you know, helps him say, well, all the other kids want to be superheroes, but you can be a monster, you know, and then he goes to his other dad and, you know, he's like, no, you can do it, you know, whatever. And it's like, the point is not that he has two dads. The point is that he's a kid who wants to be a monster and all the other kids want to be superheroes for Purim. And like, that's just what it is, right? But then also recognizing that people of color, have experience like that that permeates experiences so it's like it's about the the humanity of struggling and being in a relationship and and that we that we go through but you know working to kind of it's not about race but as much as anything experienced by a person of color cannot you know it's going to it's going to be a part of it because that's a part of somebody's identity and the way that they experience the world or the world experiences them so I think that's you know a big part of the development right now is actually to take out all of Rory Michelle Sullivan, the author's ideas about race in her own process and take them out. Because if you can tell the voice of the writer in a work, especially a musical, like it doesn't belong. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, really letting the characters tell their story and be about their journey um, and keep like my, not keep it separate, but keep it, keep my opinions out of it. And, but then be, be a thoughtful collaborator and, and as responsible as I can be in terms of putting out a work um, into the world and making sure that, you know, we have the collaborators who can be a partner in that process. Like, I mean, the other thing is, is art doesn't exist in a vacuum, right? I mean, we've just come out of a year that has hopefully raised the consciousness of a lot of people about the systemic racial injustice in our country. And I'm just curious, in light of that, how do you see your work kind of fitting in or being a commentary or evolving? If, if any like conscious thought about having an interracial couple or a black Jewish character has been a part of it it's sort of the like 
feeling confirmed in that choice by just like there needs to be more black Jewish characters out there because there are tons of black Jewish people right and like Mm -hmm. it's obviously super important for the amazing artists who are black and Jewish who are creating amazing work for their voices to be heard what I hope is that Scott as the character the black Jewish fiance in the story can be rendered you know as just his rich self just like he's scott you know and what does it mean for him to be scott and then a black jewish actor or a black actor like somebody gets to play somebody that resonates with him that's not a stereotype but that's somebody that feels like okay cool there's a role here that i can bring myself to in a more full way like that would be Mm -hmm. my hope you know as a a white writer i guess creating a character or just creating characters you know but Mm -hmm. um i've been you know really grateful to some black Jewish colleagues and friends who have talked me through some of, you know, those choices, like, well, if I'm writing a character, like, um, you know, what does that mean? And like, well, until there is more representation, that's what people are going to see as a black Mm. Jewish character. And so that's like a responsibility to make sure that they are really resonant and authentic, not stereotypical, but also not so, but also just like resonant with with somebody's experience so I think a good segue is actually thinking about ish and you know the work of ish is really to um, explore what it means to be Jewish um, and Israeli but empower all of our identities to be explored through arts and that's definitely not just for Jewish people it's for all people to connect because when we really connect to somebody else's identity we connect to ourselves and to each other and what it means to be Jewish is like that ish part, right? We're all ish in some way. Um, and I think we really take that to heart. Um, the staff at ish, the board at ish, everyone who engages with it um, is really thinking about that intentionally. And I'm kind of curious growing up Jewish, like in what ways did you felt like you could navigate your own Jewishness and in what ways might you have felt a little bit stuck? Well, I grew up in an interreligious family, which is a really important part of my story. And I'm really happy to be talking about it on this podcast and to have it be ish because I have opportunities to speak. And who knows why somebody chose to include one thing or the other. But I felt like I was speaking very passionately about how grateful I am to be, you know, have been raised in an interreligious family. And that was not in the final version. But, uh, you know, I'm Rory Michelle Sullivan. You know, I am I have Irish heritage through my dad's side. And I, I grew up in a not very Jewish area. I grew up on Long Island, but not, you know, Plainview, Jericho that people think of Long Island. I grew up in South Shore town. I was mostly Irish, Italian. And so, you know, most of the handful of Jewish friends I had were mostly in chorus and drama club with me. But I also grew up in an interreligious family that, um, you know, we did Passover. We did Hanukkah. We did Rosh Hashanah. Um, but Shabbat was not, a. aside from like maybe having pizza on Friday, it wasn't like for Shabbat. It was just kind of what happened on Friday. We ate a lot of pizza growing up. And, you know, and, and my, my dad is a, is a, a practicing Catholic and I often felt more encouraged by him who got and understood religion and ritual and that side of things. You know, there's so many jokes you can make about how Catholics and Jews are the same. Uh, my, my mom really wanted to give us a sense of Jewish identity but was a little bit more uncomfortable when I started to get more into the, you know, ritual sort of practice side of things. And it was my dad who really supported me in that and who drove me to synagogue, you know, his mom was like, go back to bed, you need your sleep for school. You know, I was fortunate that I I grew up in a a very small, five kids in my Hebrew school class, very warm synagogue, conservative synagogue, where, you know, I, I remember seeing like, 
if I'm not for myself, who will be for me? If I'm only for myself, what am I? If not now, when? And just, you know, so there were certain things that I got from being in and around Hebrew school, but honestly, a lot of exploring what Judaism meant came from like the Idiot's Guide to Judaism, you know, reading that as a high school student or maybe even younger and just sort of being so blown away. And this speaks to our earlier conversation about wholeness. And I think what attracts me so much to Judaism is that sense of wholeness. And it just makes so much sense to me that there's just such a balance and such a moderation and such like an understanding of just like what's reasonable to expect from humans. And so those are the ways in which I, I, you know, felt free to explore. I think the way in which I felt maybe constrained was just not having a lot of Jewish peers growing up. And I remember going to USY encampment as a kid and just, you know, there's just, you know, I don't know, hundreds maybe of Jewish kids. And it's like, oh my gosh, like, it was just really profound at the time. And I feel like now I'm around lots of Jews all the time because of the work that I've chosen. But, you know, in college, there's a lot more um, where I went to school. But I've been really, really grateful for, grow, you know, moving forward, like being able to study at Pardes Institute of Jewish Studies and having the world of Jewish text really opened up to me. Getting for Clemter, I'm losing words because I mean, that just feels so powerful. I'm going to cry. Actually, <laughs> just like what a like a beautiful thing to like open up to this whole world that I didn't have access to growing up, you know? Issues is a project of Ish, driving Cincinnati Jewish and Israeli arts and culture. Thanks for joining us. Before you go, check out the show notes for Kim and Rory's full bios, as well as links for tickets to Rising in Love, which will debut via live stream at the Cincy Fringe Festival on Thursday, June 17th at 8 p.m. Also, hit the subscribe button in your podcast player and come back for the next episode as we continue to bring you new artists, community members, and creative minds to reflect, share, and celebrate a little chutzpah. Thanks to our technical producer and consultant, Joey Taylor of Bespoke in Live. Our theme music was written and performed by Ben Pagliaro. I'm Marie Krulowicz-Brown, and this is Issues. Issues.